0: Hey, it's Cody Woodard, pastor of Renovation Church in Gallatin, Tennessee. Thank you so much for checking out our podcast today. I hope this message encourages you, challenges you, and helps you see that God wants to do something new in and through your life. Enjoy the message. Hey, well, thank you so much for joining us online, whether you're watching on YouTube or you're at a Facebook watch party right now, Um, wherever you're watching from, we're we're glad that you would would hang out with us for a little bit. My name is Cody Woodard. I'm the lead pastor here at Renovation Church. And right now we would love to know who's on. And so if you will um, drop your name in the comment, drop where you're watching from. We want you to interact with people. We're excited about what God's doing through this season. And we're believing that he's leveraging technology, leveraging video uh, to make himself known. And so the church isn't about a building, it's about a gathering, of people. And so we're just honored you would hang out with us. We really are a people um, that you can belong to before you believe. And so we love for you to, to hang out with us every week. Um, you can watch us right here. And so I have my team up here with me. They're going to help us um, today just uh, get into the message. And today I really just wanted to have another honest conversation with you. Um, This past week's been a lot of fun. I'm just going live a couple of times and uh, we're in preparation for Easter coming up next Sunday. We are fired up about that. If you're fired up about Easter, put it in the comments. You can do some fire emojis, some praise hands. And really, you know, the easiest way right now uh, for you to help get the word out, not just about our church, but about what God is doing, is by sharing this video. And so right now I just encourage you to share it, um, to like it, to engage today. It's one of the easiest ways we can uh, really engage people around our city and around our country. Um, We've been seeing every week people write in to us and let us know how God is impacting and changing their life um, through Renovation Church. And so if that's you, you can let us know that. Um, You can type it in the comments. You can send an email to stories at renovation.church. And so, yeah, this past week, um, I just wanted to to have a conversation with you. We just kind of wrapped up a series called You Asked For It. And really, I just wanted to share something that God's been putting on my heart, a message um, that I really love. And, uh, and it's found in Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. I'm gonna be reading from the NLT version. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there with me. Luke chapter 19. And some of you are familiar with this story. Um, It's a story about a guy named Zacchaeus. And so some context here is that Jesus is headed up to Jerusalem. This Sunday is known as Palm Sunday as he enters Jerusalem. And this is the event really that happens right before what we know as Palm Sunday. So Luke chapter 19, y'all with me? You ready? All right. Luke chapter 19, here's what it says says, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, Come down, I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord, and if I, have credited people, if I cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham for the son of man came to seek and to save those who are lost. Luke 19 verses 1 through 10. The very words of God. Amen. Amen. Hey, let me pray for us before we dive in. God, thank you so much just for allowing us to hang out today. And God, I would just ask that you would move today, that you would do what only you can do. God, that you would, um, that you would speak directly to our hearts. God, that we really are believing. Um, God, that you want to invade our lives. God, that you want a relationship with us. And God, we're believing you that a revival is happening, that it's going to happen in our city, in our world. And we know the way you do that is through individuals one at a time. And so God, we invite you into our homes today. We invite you into wherever we're watching from and ask that you would do the work only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. So hey, if you're taking notes, uh, the title of this message is, It's Not Fair. It's not fair. I don't know if you've ever had an experience where you felt like something's not fair, um, but one of the things that just comes to mind right now is 109 traffic. And so if you live in Gallatin, you are familiar with 109 traffic. I remember this one time. Yes, yeah, right. I remember this one time I was sitting in traffic uh, waiting to get back home. I have my, my 20-month-old son in the back. He is crying. He is mad. And, uh, and so we're sitting there, and all of a sudden, I noticed this car fly by me in the margin of the road, right? And I'm going, man... What in the world is happening? You know, I've been sitting there for like an hour. My kid is crying. And then I see them like jump in front of everybody, turn left at the red light and boom, they're gone. And like, there's a part of me that just hoped, that just hoped that when I got up there, I would see them on the side of the road being pulled over by the police, right? Like, like yes, gotcha. That's what you get, right? Why? Because it's not fair. You know, another story that comes to mind is that when I'm sitting in the anointed Chick-fil-A, right? And right now I can't do that and I'm really sad. But when I'm sitting in Chick-fil-A, I remember this time I was there and I was in line and i have been waiting. It was packed as it is every day because it's the greatest fast food chain on the planet. And I'm sitting there and I'm standing there in line and, and I'm waiting for my food. It's taken them a while, not because of them, but because there's so many people. And then all of a sudden i look up and like, I see somebody who was in line behind me, just walk around me and get their food and go get a seat. And I'm like, that's not fair right? Like little did I know they have takeout. And they, you can put an order in on the mobile app, which I suggest. This is not an endorsement for Chick-fil-A, but I am about their uh, waffle fries because it's waffle fries in worship for me. It's that Polynesian in praise. So uh, it, we, we get these moments though, so, right? Where we're like, man, it's not fair. And, and I think that in traffic or maybe a Chick-fil-A um, I think it's okay to maybe feel like it's not fair, right? There's something inside of all of us that we want justice. We want people to get what they deserve. And that's fine when it comes to something like that. But if you live your life that way, if you, if you build your, your worldview around everything's supposed to be fair, you're gonna be disappointed. You know what I'm talking about? Like why? Because the reality is everything isn't fair. And so that's one of the reasons why I love this story um, because when you take a look at it, it really isn't fair. And so what I want to do is I want to jump into Luke chapter 19 and and I want to read this again to you. And we're going to start reading in in verse one again. Here's what it says. It says, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region and he had become very rich. Now, here's what we know about Zacchaeus. We notice that Zacchaeus in verse two, it says that he was a chief tax collector and he had become very rich. And so the idea of a chief tax collector, see Zacchaeus was a Jew. And what he would do is his job, he worked for Rome. And the problem with that is, is Rome really is like the enemy. And, and see Rome during this time, were, they were a superpower. And so what Zacchaeus would do is he was collecting taxes from Rome, the, the enemy. And so Rome is this superpower. And if you read historical documents about Rome, when people would come into uh, different territories, Rome would actually, they would come in and they would kill all their men, kill all their women. And and it was said that they would hang people on crosses so that everybody would know that when they came into a territory that Rome had been there. And so see, Zacchaeus is a chief tax collector, which means he was hated because it says that he had become very rich. The way he became very rich was that he was collecting taxes from his family, from his friends, from his neighborhood, and he was charging them more than what they actually owed. And so instead of charging them maybe 10%, he would charge them 30%. And so he had been getting rich off his own people. He was a traitor. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't like traitors. If it was just me being real, like, me and Zacchaeus, we would probably fight, right? Like, and he would lose because what it says next, it says that Zacchaeus was short. That's the third thing we know about him now. We don't know, we don't know how short, but we do know that he was a wee little man and a wee little man was he. Y'all know the song. And so Zacchaeus is, he's the most hated man in all of Jericho because he's a traitor. He's He's a sellout. And so then verse three says, Verse three says this, is that he wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. Now, I didn't didn't catch this the first time I read it, but the reason why he can't see over the crowd, it says because he's short, but he can't see over people. And I think think if we're honest, a lot of times, rather than the church, rather than Christians making a way for people to see Jesus, they stand in the way of people seeing Jesus. And I think if we're just being honest, right? Like a lot of you are watching maybe for the first time or you haven't really you know, gone to church or been a part of a big gathering. I don't know if you know this, but just because it's a gathering doesn't make it a church. Just because there's a crowd of people that are gathering around to see Jesus doesn't mean they actually wanna know Jesus. So I think sometimes the best steps that you and I can take is that sometimes you and I stand in the way from people seeing Jesus, right? It was, it was, it was a Gandhi that said that it's not the, the Jesus I have a problem with, it's not your Christ, it's your Christians. So maybe our, our best step sometimes is that you and I, we need, to, we need to get out of the way so that people can actually see, see Jesus. And so let me just say this to you. Don't let Jesus's worst followers be your best excuse from knowing who he is. I'm going to say that again. Don't let Jesus's worst followers be your best excuse from not getting to know who he is. Right? So Zacchaeus, it says he was short but he couldn't see over the crowd. Verse four says this. So he ran ahead and he climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road for Jesus was going to pass that way. I love this. I want you to underline the word, but. Because the reality is we all got a butt Not that kind of butt, okay. A B-U-T. It says that he was short, but he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree. The reality is, is that, Every one of us has a butt. And maybe the reason why you and I can't see Jesus is because we let our butt get in the way. See, for Zacchaeus, it was his stature. But for many of us, it's our time. It's, I would see you, Jesus, but I don't have enough time. I think one of the things that this pandemic has taught me more than anything before when we would make excuses on why we can't see Jesus, why we can't spend time with Jesus is because I don't have the time for it. Well, now we got all the time in the world. Right, so we'll say things like, "I would, I would come to see you, Jesus. I would go to the local gathering, but I don't have time. Or maybe it's, but you know, I I don't, I I don't have the, I don't have the the way to get there." Another thing we've learning right now is that if we can't physically meet to come here about Jesus, Jesus will make a way where there seems like there is no way to come right to you. Right, so 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 Zacchaeus doesn't let his butt get in the way. And so I just want to encourage you today, don't let your butt get in the way. Don't let your butt get in the way. Somebody needs to put that in the comments right now. Somebody needs to put it in the comments. Don't let your butt get in the way. Don't let anything stop you from seeing Jesus. That's what I admire so much about Zacchaeus is that there's a crowd of people. He's short so he can't see over them, but instead he runs and climbs a sycamore fig tree. Now this is significant because if you know anything about Jewish culture, men did not run. And they definitely didn't climb trees. That's what little boys did. And so when Zacchaeus can't see Jesus, he does whatever it takes to the point that he would publicly shame himself by by lifting up his, his tunic and taking off and running and climbing a tree in order to see Jesus. Now, I need you to understand this. Zacchaeus didn't climb the tree so Jesus could see him. Zacchaeus climbed the tree so he could see Jesus. So, so don't understand, don't, don't, don't get what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that you have to climb some religious ladder. Okay. In order to get God to notice you. What I am saying is that sometimes we have to get off our butt and climb a ladder so that we can see him. Cause see he's passing through, he's present, he's there. And sometimes there's things that get in our way and we got to be willing to do whatever it takes to see Jesus. And so, so little Zachy, is it okay Is it okay if I call him little Zachy? It's only appropriate. It's what the scripture says. He was short. So little Zachy gets off his butt, takes off running and climbs the tree. Verse five, let me read this to you. It says this. So Jesus is walking and he makes his way through the crowd. And then he says, he looked up. When Jesus came by, he looked up up. And so naturally you and I have experienced this, right? Like if Jesus is walking through Jericho and he decides to turn and look up, what do you think everybody else did? They all looked up, right? And so in this moment, Jesus looks up, the crowd looks up. And, and, and so I love this because what, what it says next to what he says to Zacchaeus is Zacchaeus, you don't belong in this crowd. You're a traitor. You're a sellout. No, that's not what he says. It's a fake verse. He says, you're the worst sinner of them all, Zacchaeus. What are you doing? You don't even deserve to be here. That's not what he says. Sometimes I think that that's what Jesus would say about us. We, we tend to believe that because of our past, that he wouldn't want to be found in our presence. That he, that he looks down upon you and frowns at you because of what you've done. And what we find actually happened when you read verse five is this. It says, when he came by, he looked up and, at Zacchaeus and called him by name, Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down, I must be a guest in your home today. One of the things you need to understand is that from what we know based, based upon the scriptures is that Jesus had never had an encounter with Zacchaeus before. So how do you know his name? I think it's the same way he knows your name because he created you. He was in the beginning and holds all things together and everything that was formed and everything that was created was by him, through him, and to him. And so he calls Zacchaeus by name. And I wanna let you know that he knows your name, that he knows who you are. Yes, he knows everything that you've done, but he also knows who he's called you to be. He also knows that he wants a relationship with you. He also knows exactly what he says about Zacchaeus, that he wants to come home with you and be a guest in your house. And so what Jesus is saying in this moment is he's saying, Zacchaeus, I'm not afraid to be identified by you. And so what I love about this is that the most hated man in all of Jericho gets invited to have dinner with the most loved man in all of Israel, with the most famous man in all At this point, Jesus is in the middle of his ministry. It's coming to the end. He's headed to Jerusalem and the crowd is gathering because they've heard of all the miracles. They've heard of everything that he's done. And so they're gathering to to see this guy, Jesus. And Jesus decides to go to the home to be the guest of the worst sinner in all of Jericho. And see, this was a big deal during this time because hospitality was everything. If someone wanted to be a guest at your home, that meant that they thought highly of you. And the same is true for you, that, that I believe really that what Jesus teaches us is that despite your sin, despite you may be a sinner, he sees you as a son. He sees you as a daughter. He, he sees you and his heart breaks over your sin, but wants to rescue you, wants to, to have a relationship with you. And so Jesus is the one who knows you the best and loves you the most. And I think that that's really the greatest desire that we all have is that we want to be fully known and fully loved. And so Jesus is the one who knows you the best and loves you the most. Write this down that he knows your name. Put that in the comments. He knows your name. Take notes, fellows. He knows your name. Verse six says this. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. Can you imagine that moment? Can you imagine what it would have been like to be Zacchaeus setting up in a tree? We don't really know if he was climbing the tree because he had faith, we don't know why he wanted to see Jesus. We just know that he wanted to see Jesus. We just know he he climbed the tree and did whatever it took to not let his butt get in the way, to not let his stature, to not let people he did whatever it took to get there. And I can just imagine Zacchaeus in this moment, knowing that he's the most hated person in all the crowd and the most well known person in all the crowd. Says, I want to have lunch with you. For the first time he for the first time he probably felt loved in a long time. And, and, and Jesus says that I want to have dinner with you. I want to eat with you. And he says, Zacchaeus, I'm coming home with you. And, and, and part of the reason why I wanted to share this with you is because that reality is true. That Jesus wants to come home with you. And I don't think it's by accident that God put this on my heart this week because most of you are watching from your home right now. And, and American Christianity has become so much about a gathering. It's been become so much about a building that we think the only time we can experience Jesus is, is in somewhere, is in a building, right? And, and so we think that we have to go somewhere in order to get to Jesus, but Jesus says he wants to come to you and come home with you. And so you may be in your house right now, but I came to tell you that God actually wants a relationship with you. And he wants to be in your family. He wants to transform your family. And, and so what I love about this is this shows us that if the only time, we gather, the only time we want to experience and see Jesus is once a week. That's like filling up your car on one tank of gas and expecting to go forever. It doesn't work that way. So he wants you and I to to have a relationship with him daily. And there has never been a time, probably in the history of my life or your life right now, where you can literally spend every day, every moment, as much as you want with, with Jesus. That you don't have to wait for a weekly video, that there are resources everywhere right now. There are pastors preaching amazing sermons. There are devotionals. There's scripture readings. That's why we did a 21 days journey to Easter, walking through the book of Luke, because we wanna encourage you to spend time with God. And so don't get caught up that the church has to be a physical location. Now, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not, I'm not undermining us gathering because y'all know that, that when you gather in a place and the spirit of the Lord is there, he moves. There's something special about gathering with people. But, but God is not confined to space and he wants a relationship with you. And so my question is this, can, can, Jesus, can Jesus be at home with you right now? will you invite Jesus into your home to change your home? Because that's what will happen. That if you're saying, God, I want more than just a one, one time a week experience with you. I want more than just a few moments. I want a lifetime. And Jesus comes into your home. Your home will be forever changed. It will not look the same. He's going to come in. He's going to rearrange the furniture. He's going to open the closet doors. He's going to throw trash out, right? But what happens when Jesus comes home is that you will be transformed. And this is exactly what you see with Zacchaeus. But verse seven says this, the people were displeased. He is gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner. What are they saying? They're saying it's not fair. Right? They're saying this isn't fair. Why? Because they've been there outside, probably hot, sweaty in the desert, waiting for Jesus to come. And then out of everybody that he picks to to be a guest of, he picks Zacchaeus. You want to talk about fair? That's not, that's not fair. But here's the reality: it's not fair, it's grace. Come on. Grace isn't fair, grace is favor. Somebody need to write that down, you put it in the comments. Grace isn't fair, grace is favor. Literally the definition of grace is that it is his unmerited, unprecedented favor on your life. That grace isn't fair. That if what's fair is that Jesus would continue to pass right through Jericho and not talk to anybody. Cause the reality is, is that they were displeased at the fact that Jesus would hang with him because they were caught in this comparison that their life was better than Zacchaeus. Right, And that's what a lot of times we do. We feel like we deserve to have Jesus hang out with us based upon what we do and don't do. And when we see God move in other people's life, we're like, that's not fair. But grace isn't fair. Grace is favor. And what happens in this moment is all of their attention moves from Zacchaeus and who he's not and how bad he is, and it moves now to Jesus. It says that they were displeased with him. Who's him? Jesus. So now their judgment has shifted from Zacchaeus to Jesus. And that's what comparison will do. It it causes us to start feeling like we deserve things. And so now our frustration is no longer with people, it's with God. Because we feel like God, we, we deserve it. I deserve for you to come to my house and hang out with me. But what I love about this is that Jesus is a friend of sinners. So my question is, are you? Jesus is a friend with sinners. The question is, are we? Are are we a friend of sinners? That when, when, when God wants to move in somebody's life, when he wants to come home with somebody, when he wants a relationship with them, do we write it off as if we're better than them or they're not good enough and that there's no way God could change them? Or do we believe what the, what the Bible says, what the gospel says, that if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation, that the old is gone and the new has come, that God can change someone's life by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so are you a friend of a sinner or do you get caught judging? Because that's what happens. We, we go from Zacchaeus to Jesus and, and we start judging the heart of God. And that's a dangerous place to be because grace isn't fair, grace is favor. Then here's what happens in verse eight. It says, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor. Lord, and if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them four times as much. See, this is an example of the life change I'm talking about. That up until this point, Zacchaeus was the most greedy man in Jericho that he was the one who literally got rich off of robbing his own family. And that's what grace will do. Grace will turn your greed into gratitude. Come on. Grace will turn your greed into gratitude and your gratitude will turn into generosity. And so what happens is, is now because he's received something that he didn't earn, that he didn't deserve, now he's grateful, which makes him generous. And so what happens, his life has been changed. And now that he's grateful for the grace that he's been given, now he gives the same grace. Now he repays the payment. Now he is generous and not just, he doesn't just give them back the money he stole. He gives them four times the amount. It's a picture of God's grace. And see, here, here's the deal. Religion is all about what you can get. Jesus is all about what you can give. Jesus, is, Jesus isn't trying to get something from you. He wants to give something to you. He wants to give you his grace, but not so that you can just simply get it and receive it and keep it for yourself, but so that you can give it and let people know the grace of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Come on. So Zacchaeus, in response to this grace, he says, I'm gonna give it back. If I've cheated people on their taxes, I'm gonna give them four times the amount. And he gives up his treasure on earth because now he has a treasure in heaven. Now he's received a grace that that money can't buy. That he he received something that he's never had. He may have been rich, but he didn't have the one thing that satisfies his soul. And now that he has this, he he gives it all away. And what's impossible with man is possible with God. Grace can change your heart. It can change your heart. And then I love Jesus's response in, in verse nine. It says that salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save those who are lost. He says, Zacchaeus, you are a true son of Abraham. That, there's this moment in scripture I love that when God and Abraham are having this conversation and God makes this covenant, he makes this promise to Abraham. And he, he says, I want you to go outside the tent and I want you to look up at the stars. Abraham goes out the tent, he looks up at the stars and he says, Abraham, as many stars there are in the sky, so will be your offspring. So will be the people that I want to save. And what I love about this when he calls him a son of Abraham is that when Abraham was going out and looking at the stars, God was looking at you. I missed it, that God was looking at you. So as Abraham is counting stars, God's thinking about you. He's thinking about Zacchaeus in this moment. So he's saying that Zacchaeus, you are the one that I I prophesied about, the one I told Abraham about. I came to your house. I want to save you. And the reality is, is so are we. That you and I are the ones that God has longed to have a relationship with, to buy us back from our sin to buy us back from our greed, to buy us back from our our selfishness. And you can't have the life God intends for you to live until you have the relationship with God. I wrote this down. Zacchaeus may have climbed a tree to see Jesus, but Jesus died on a tree to save Zacchaeus. Come on, I, I, I just need you to know that. That that sometimes, this is what I'm talking about, religion will tell you that in order to be saved, that you gotta do something. And so Zacchaeus may have climbed a tree to see see Jesus, but Jesus died on a tree to save Zacchaeus. And he died on a cross to save you and I. That in this moment, Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. And he didn't just go through Jericho for Zacchaeus. He went to Jerusalem for you that he he knew where he was headed. He knew where he was going. He knew what his calling was. He knew the work that God had given him and he was gonna be faithful. And on his way to Jerusalem, he passes through Jericho. On his way to the cross, he sees the most hated sinner in all of Jericho and chooses to save him. And so he doesn't just go through Jericho for Zacchaeus. He goes to Jerusalem for you. He dies on a cross for you. Grace comes to you, Amen somebody put amen in the comments right now. It's not fair. You don't deserve it, but it's the favor of God that God wants you to know him. And so here's my question today is, can he come home with you? Or will this just be another sermon you're watching on a screen? Will this just be something that inspired you today? When I say, can he come home with you? I'm asking, can he come in and invade your life? Will you open up your home, open up your heart, open up your life, those dark closets that you're ashamed of, your past, will you open those to God and trust that he doesn't frown upon you, but that his heart breaks for you, and that by the power of his resurrection when he was raised from the grave, your sin has been defeated, and you no longer have to live in it. That he wants a relationship with you, and that he wants to come home with you today. So that's my question, is can he come home with you? Will you, will you allow the grace of Jesus to wash away your sin? Will you allow him to, to love you for who you are? Not what you've done. Would you allow him to save you today? And then for some of us, the question is, is are we willing to do whatever it takes to see him? Not just once a week when he's passing through on a Saturday or Sunday, but every day. Will you... Will you do whatever it takes to see Jesus, to meet with Jesus. And then for others of us, we need to just be honest. And some of us have been in the way from other people seeing Jesus. That we stand in the way as God is trying to move through the crowd and go home with him. Some of us need to just move out of the way so that other people can see Jesus. And we need to stop comparing our lives to the Zacchaeuses in the world. And start looking in the mirror and saying, God, I... I'm glad it's not fair. I'm glad it's favor. I'm glad it's grace. So I want you to remember that today. Grace isn't fair, it's favor. Can I pray for you? Father, thank you so much uh, for today, God. We thank you for your word. Man, we thank you that you love us where we are, but you love us way too much to keep us there. And so right now, God, I just pray for anyone watching this online. Um, God, that you would, you would give them the spirit of humility. God, that you would change their life. God, that you would remind them that every good and perfect gift comes from you. God, everything is a product of your grace. We, we don't earn or deserve any of it, but God, we are so grateful. God, may our gratefulness turn into gratitude. God, may we take and use the gifts that you've given us, the gift of your grace to make you known and share it with the world. May we not just be consumers. May we not just focus on what we can get, but rather what we can give and who we can give it to. God, get us out of the way so that people can see you. And so right now, I just want to invite you that if you've never accepted Jesus, if he's never come home with you, you've never invited him into your life to change your life, I want to give you the opportunity now. And so pray this with me. Father, I love you. I thank you. I believe that you died on the cross for me, that you rose again so that I can be forgiven and free. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer, we wanna celebrate with you. We wanna know about it. Make sure you let us know in the comments. You can email us at stories at We're here for you. We wanna walk with you. And so we can't wait to see you next week for Easter Sunday. Share this video, invite somebody, and we'll see you then. Thank you so much for listening to the message today. I hope it encouraged you. We would love the opportunity to pray for you. Send an email to info at And if you would like to partner with us financially and help us reach people with the message of Jesus, you can do so at renovation.church slash give. Have a great day.